got uh, thank you, John Bertan, and we have John Bertan here tonight. Uh, we're we got a uh, I say this every time we have a good one. We're talking about the Big Alta 50k. Um, John and I did the Big Alta 50k last week. That was Saturday, February 10th, 2024, and the race. Not the race, of course. We did the course, yes. Thank you, John. And and the race is February 24th, uh, 2024. Starts at 8 a.m. Starts at Marinwood Park. And that's in one week because tonight is uh, February 17th. It's about 9 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about this race. And and it has, it has, it has a lot of meaning because... Uh, it's our backyard. So, so John and I were just talking about this. Like I've only lived in Lucas Valley in Marinwood. This is San Rafael near San Francisco. If anyone dropped in and never heard this, uh, technically it's outside of San Rafael city limits. I believe you yes, are the county in county. Yeah. Yeah. So I can have Santa chickens and I can have goats in my backyard. So, why it's special to me is, yeah, I run in these on these trails all the time, and I just love running in the trails and uh, just the way I I go out and relax and I've been doing that now for let's see it's 2024 been doing that since two, at least 2008 because I've been living in Lucas Valley since 2008. Uh, I moved to Northern California in 2008 with my wife. And, uh, yeah, so this this big shot, um, Dylan Bowman, uh, huge ultra running guy. Everybody in ultra running knows who Dylan is. And he's a very, he's a very uh, outgoing, uh, positive voice. He's part of the Western States board, and, and he's uh, part of Daybreak Racing. Is that it? Uh, John, so, that's the company, but his kind of, yeah. Dylan's company, I believe, is Free Trail Running. Oh, Free Trail. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, so this race is by Daybreak or by Free Trail? I'm not even sure. Uh, the race is Daybreak. Okay, so Daybreak, Daybreak Racing. Racing puts on the gorgeous waterfall 50k up in Oregon. And what's what's interesting about this this race is this big Alta 50k. Uh, that's February 24th. There's never been an ultra in on these trails, like uh, as far as I know. Like John, is there any sort of the uh, only running race? Running races I'm aware of come from the history of Tamalpa. Um, I'd have to corroborate this with people who've been in the club. Um, for many, many decades. And that is, there was possibly a race that went from, I think it was a, a St. Patrick's Day or St. Patrick's Day themed race happening around then that would go from Highway 101 uh, near where there's a park and ride and a Burger King um, at the southern end of Nevada, following the fire road just over five miles to the top of Big Rock Ridge and then turn around and come back. So it'd be about a 10 mile race with a whole bunch of climbing. Now, um, I, I'm wrong. I'm actually totally wrong here because 
there's never been a, a ultra style race that I know of. There's been, no, I, I do not yeah. know of one. Because there are... There have been other uh, low-key races. Yeah, Tamalpa yeah. Club, Shorter. Race Series, TCRS uh, has, you know, five-mile races. Um, Kent Morales has done a 5K, 10K in Marinwood, which is just really low-key and, like, just neighborhood people doing a, a fun run. And, and like, uh, but this is, this is at another level because it's, it, you know, it has the, like, um, the website, uh, the TCRSs don't really have a website. It's like, we're going to do a run. This is a Tamalpa club running series. Uh, and those are short. They're like, yeah. uh, five, six miles top. And like the TCRS that I, we, we, so there's Loma Alta, which is a mountain. What is it? Like 1400, 1500? Well, yeah, let me give some context here for the the geography for anybody listening who is not familiar with the area. So Marin County, known for its open space and trails, um, the peak in Marin County that most are aware of is Mount Tamalpais because it it's the tallest peak in the county. Um, by far, it is 2570, which is not very tall when it comes to amounts but it has a good prominence like so it's it's got a unique shape you can see it from many places in the greater san francisco bay area um but at the northern end of marin county the last city before you exit uh marin on highway 101 going north is Nevada. and the way this ridgeline big rock ridge um just kind of the way its geography works is Big Rock Ridge really separates Nevado from the rest of Marin County. So in many places in Marin, and the way this ridgeline, Big Rock Ridge, um, just kind of the way its geography works, is Big Rock Ridge really separates Nevado from the rest of Marin County. So in many places in Marin, most a lot of the towns on the corridor of 101 have a view of Mount Tam, whether from the south or the east or the north. But from Nevado, you only get to see Mount Tam from the, the more eastern sides of Nevado. And so Nevado is ringed on the south by Big Rock Ridge, and then you have the Mount Burdell Ridge to the north. And that sort of shapes the whole big valley that is Nevado. And it, it gives, I think it gives Nevada a different flavor. It also gave, Nevada was, had historical significance because Hamilton Air Force Base, it was originally the Army Airfield, Hamilton Army Airfield in the 1930s. And then in World War II, it became incredibly significant because it was one of the major Air Force bases on the, or Army Airfields on the East Coast before the Air Force was even created. Now we have Travis Air Force Base, which is an hour further to the east by car but planes are so fast it doesn't matter if you're right flying a fighter jet to the ocean but hamilton was strategic and even planes that flew off from hamilton there's wreckage of a plane on the side of mount tam it hit tam in 1944 in dense fog so <laughs> hamilton actually the having the air force base there after uh the end of world war ii really shaped a lot of the county because it was super active until the 
until the early 1990s when it closed down. But there were air shows in Hamilton. So I actually have a lot of photographs of Novato that have Big Rock Ridge before two very tall radio towers are put onto the top. So Big Rock Ridge, this ridge line that peaks out at about 1880, just shy of 1900 feet, um, but it stays relatively high. It, it's most of it is above 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet for 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 most of the ridge line for the five miles it goes west of Highway 101, and then to the south of Big Rock Ridge is Lucas Valley, and that's uh, what cuts through the middle of Lucas Valley is Lucas Valley Road, and that goes up and over to the agricultural no, land not Westboro. not george lucas by the way no it's, another, it's, it's named for john lucas Luke, yeah on a, a marin i believe is marin even, even though george ago. lucas has, has many yes. uh he has well he has two two There's giant two main facilities one at the top the summit of lucas valley road at which there is a very large rock um that how tall would you say the big rock is yeah uh, 20 20 25 feet, feet. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's roughly like a twenty by twenty by twenty cube of rock, um, and it's just there off to the side of the road, and that's the the namesake for Big Rock Ridge, and so at the summit of Lucas Valley Road is where currently I believe it's Lucasfilm Animation. I could be wrong, but I think that's the facility there. And then but you got to go, go way back, John. You got to so so if you go out towards Nicasio, if someone's looking at Google Maps. About you have Skywalker halfway, Ranch. Yeah, you have Skywalker Ranch, which is this, the origin of Star Wars. Like, that's where they did the first Star Wars movies. And then I want to say... Part of that. Second, I mean, the, they, yeah. they were done a lot of places. So, but, including yeah. the warehouses in downtown San Rafael off of Kerner, where a lot of the special effects were done. So, they, it was distributed. There were a lot of places. Oh, I want to picture the, the, the Ewoks, like, uh, going through Mere Woods. Yeah, it's it, it, and even some of the, the 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 redwood scenes for Star Wars I know were filmed um, up north at like uh, Jedediah Smith State Park. That, that probably, yeah, that makes sense. Border, yeah. Okay, um, so, oh, but yeah, so sorry. then to the south of of Lucas Valley is you have another ridge line that peaks out, and that's what separates Lucas Valley from the town of San Anselmo and Fairfax and the the neighborhood of Santa Fe called Terra Linda. And the peak of that ridgeline is a peak that's called Loma Alta, which is at about 1,500 feet. And these, these uh, hills or mountains, whatever you want to call them, um, they are incredibly steep. So there's uh, the, the grades of trails are, are pretty high and they are noticeably lacking in trees. So there aren't really many trees uh, that are on these ridgelines. It's interesting with Lucas Valley on the Nevado side of the ridge, the northern side of the ridge, there's actually a lot more trees than the southern side of the ridge. And so the mm -hmm. southern side of the ridge has a lot more grass, but then you, there's actually like just a very clear, when you get up high enough, there's just no trees. And I was digging around and a lot of that I think has to do with the type of soil and the type of um, sort of geology for what the these ridgelines are made out of. Oh so man, we could make this, we could talk yeah. for an hour about the grasses. 
I yeah. I run so I run all these trails all the time, and so 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 does John, and John has probably hundreds or thousands more miles than me, but like as I'm running, I see these little miniature ma- landslides on the hills, and I think, what is the aggregation of these little landslides over millennia? And it would be huge. So, so if you go running now, like after a big rain, and it's been raining for a while, it's been it's been raining, you know, it's February, like you can see these little landslides all over the place. And I think, wow, if this was the case, you know, before uh, the Europeans were here, like bef- like a long time ago, a thousand years ago, well, these hills would look totally different because the erosion is so different. And so we have these pretty significant landslides all the time, but I could be totally wrong too. Maybe I just don't know. And maybe I'm just overthinking it, but like the grass, <clears throat> I think the grass is different because the grass has a different bite into the earth. And so the grass <clears throat> doesn't hold as well. There's and parts I, and, where it really doesn't. And, and so like John actually... was saying, yeah, super steep hills erode faster because the grasses are different but there's still there's still the presence of the roots and the seeds in this grass because whenever it rains um, especially if you get not too heavy of a rain but just enough the hills will turn from a sort of a brown gold uh brown especially depending on the the ambient lighting and they will become a vibrant green after oh yeah we're like ireland rain. right now it is exactly it, we are we are running in Ireland. It is so beautiful. There are waterfalls and creeks everywhere, and it's. Uh, and I do and think it's, it's one of the prettiest times out here. Oh, because you, you have so waterfalls awesome. gushing everywhere. The grass is so green. So like on a on a cloudy day when it's drizzling, everything that is all the grass and trees are just neon green, and then everything else is gray. So it really oh, yeah. makes the green punch more. Oh, okay, um, John, I have to I have, I have to segue. Yeah. <laughs> into the race. <laughs> so, okay. Let's talk about the course. Because it's, it's, it's just a really, it just, I, I think Dylan was looking for elevation and it was really easy to get lots of elevation. <laughs> so I'll um, summarize. Yeah. There are five major climbs. In the course, the overall over the course, I, I would 30, say six, but yes, five, we can, five we can, major. We can split one of them potentially, but over the course of 31, more than 31, I, my, my Garmin got 31.72 miles. I did a little out and back. So let's just say this does round to a true 50K and I got over 7,500 feet of gain and descent. So that, that's a lot of climbing for a 50k it's not quad dipsy quad dipsy has less distance and more climbing and i think that's you got stairs i think i think the quad dipsy is easier in some ways because you can anticipate and know your elevation and what you need to be doing at certain um degrees whereas too yeah this yeah if you if you've done the dipsy You've done the dipsy, and you you know the dips, and you're just doing the dipsy four times. And most people doing the quad have probably done it a few times. Uh, this is a challenge because, well, it's all 
the entire 31 miles is all new to the runner unless they run it all the time and then it's a, it's a question of do you at at a certain grade where where do you where do you begin to hike and there are a couple places in this where you can hike but it's a gray area and a really strong runner is going to want to run the entire thing uh but they may pay for it a lot well the first <laughs> roughly the first is less than 6 miles to get to the first um summit basically from the start and you can say you have a little up and over where you actually climb about 400 feet in the first mile and a half and then you drop down another yeah maybe let's 200 feet let's let's so start go, at the yeah start at the beginning the course description and we'll see how long this takes all right you, so you go ahead john sorry yeah starting at a local community suburban one of the ultimate suburban parks um, in a neighborhood where maybe the, uh, like the, how would you describe an Eichler? They're these very poorly built homes by a developer named Joseph Eichler um, that were in the 1960s, I want to say early 1960s, 50s too, right? Um, yeah, 50s, 1958, 1961. Um, they look, they're just so simple. They're like flat roofs, no insulation, uh, tons Old of glass, glass plated plate glass, because glass was cheaper than like wood. They just, uh, mid-century, the pinnacle of mid-century modern. They scream Mad Men. Yes, it's very Mad Men. No insulation at all, but like it didn't matter because because uh, natural gas is so cheap and heating your home is is super cheap, so it didn't matter. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars, except when it does. does. Never, yeah, never snows. It's never snowed in my neighborhood. I think it snowed up up on the ridge. Oh, it's but definitely like, snowed up on the ridge. It it melts immediately. So yeah, madman houses. Uh, okay, so that, you know, you're that are now started. worth like one point. I don't know. A no, lot more than that at one point. Um, so you're starting at this park that's in the the middle of this like suburban Marin, Marinwood Park. Yep. And then you you cross a uh, you cross Lucas Valley Road and you head onto a paved bike path just for a brief bit. And then you start snaking around a fire road, going past one of the local neighborhood water towers. This is the first climb. It's all fire road, um, gravel. During the day, a uh, nice day, you'll see a lot of neighborhood people out hiking on these. And it's just up and over into the next neighborhood over. So you're going from one Eichler neighborhood into the next. So you go from Lucas Valley into Terra Linda on fire roads. And that's like the first, that is the first two and a half miles. It's going up and over a 400 foot hill and back down. But then you hop back after a very muddy section of fire road um, slash single track, which has really poor drainage. It's I, I will muddy. say, yeah, I'd say right around mile three or mile two and a half mile two and is a half. the worst, worst part of the course because it's... Well, a, uh, I wouldn't say, I'll, I'll say worse, define worse later. Okay, okay. But, worse in terms of trail construction. Nobody hikes this trail. 
Nobody walks this trail. No one hikes it because even, even when yeah, we had it, like a decade of drought, for some reason it was always still muddy there. I don't know how that worked. It yeah, it, it, it just it's just kind of it pulls water a lot. It's just the way the hill is and the way the trail is, and and so you're at about two and a half, and, and it's only for like a quarter mile. And even though like horse traffic is very minimal, it's like anytime you get on it, you always think, why are there always just horse hoof prints everywhere? It's just it's that crappy of a stretch of trail. Thankfully, it would it's be not nice. Our my feet got wet there. It's not. I mean, it's two and a half miles in. It would be nice not to have wet feet. Well, two and a half miles in, but you know, it's going to be raining, and it's going to be raining this whole next week. So, two and a half miles <laughs> into this race, everybody's feet are going to get wet and muddy. That's just how it works. There's so, there's really no way around it. Yeah, no your feet are wet it, at no. two and a half. I tried. You can't even get around because there's it's, mud it's not everywhere. Even stream, no, it's just mud. It's it's not it's not yeah. stream crossing. It's you got to go through mud. This is sort of venturing into probably like tough mutter territory mm-hmm. um so then from there at mile two and a half you start a climb that will peak out at just shy of six miles so it's it's you got three and a half miles to go so you peak out exactly at 5.8 actually six yeah 5.9 you get up to four just like 1450 feet so you're going from 250 ish feet up to 1450 just trying to give round numbers here and no, no, you start, a, you start, John, you start at 72 feet. Renwood well, Park that's the start of the race. No, no, I'm oh, okay. talking about from the mud pit, because that's, you're not oh, going oh, all the okay. way down. So at mile gotcha. 2.5, you've gone down to about 250 feet above sea level, and then you are going to steadily climb a fire road that will get, we'll go back and forth between fire road and single track, that will peak out at 1450, just about. That's, and that's a really good climb. Moments. And that's, I would say that's, the first six months. Yeah, the two and a half to climb. six is really nice. It's runnable. If this were a half marathon trail race, this would be you. You run this. Since yeah. this is a 50k, you gotta think a little deeper about how how much of that do you run. There will be a <laughs> section of it which is a wonderful single track called the 680 trail, and you have about two miles on this beautiful single track of a very at the elevation section. of 680 feet. It, it yeah, averages 680 feet, yep. and that's why it's called 680. And it was in, it was built to bypass James Hetfield's property. <laughs> that that's is, right. That is, that is the 680 trail um, in James Hetfield of Metallica fame. And so it skirts around his property. It skirts above a San Anselmo neighborhood called Sleepy Hollow. And it's it's actually, I say that trail is one of the best trails in Marin County. The only trick about or you know caveat with this trail is to get there you have to go up something steep it doesn't matter what direction you approach it from to get to that nice trail you have to go up something steep to get there um but inevitably because it's marin you will always see people hiking and definitely mountain biking on that trail it is a very nice trail to mountain bike the uh, peak of this though so you get to 1450 you're not at the peak of the you're the not yeah, this is the South Ridge Line. You're not at the summit of Loma Alta, which is one of the big bald peaks of Central Marin, but you're just below it. And then you will descend some single track and fire road 
which will bring you over um, the course of, how far is this? Over the course of two and a half miles, you will drop from 1450 down to about 250 feet. And that brings you into the edge of the town of Fairfax, just near um, White Hill Middle School. And that's a big descent. It's actually a well done trail. You'll go past some more neighborhood water towers. It's super runnable. And again, if this were a half marathon, this, this really beats up I would your quads. Say, just run it. But yeah. since you got, you're not even done, you, by the time you get to the bottom yeah. of that trail, you're only a quarter of the way done with the course. Yeah, you're if at you mile six. Your quads on that. Yeah, that's mile two and a half top, miles. Of, mile eight and a half at the bottom. Two and a half miles of descent. It's pretty, just, pretty, it beats you up. <laughs> it, it can. And it can if you're if you're going hard we were not going hard the other day so then from there that'll be the first aid station first of three aid stations and that's because you hit a neighborhood it's a you know a, a dead end of a road and it's one of the it's actually a very popular trailhead for many locals to go hiking because you have a lot of options and you have some picnic areas in there and some beautiful waterfalls in the current season so once you get to the bottom of that, refuel at your aid station, you have about 8.5 aid station. Yep. You have about two miles of meandering through some single track and fire road with it's generally a slight uphill. You'll climb a couple hundred feet um, until you get to the foot of the next big climb. So at about so it looks like, yeah, starting at like eight and a half miles where the aid station is to about 10.7 miles. Yeah, that, like that's into the course. That's runnable. This, that's runnable. But then you get to this climb where some of the <laughs> grades are actually like 25% grade, even though it's fire road. That's and a you're gonna 30 go right there. From, okay. You're going to go from at mile 10.7 at 500 feet at mile 10.7 to 1500 feet at mile 12.5, almost 1600 feet. So you're going to climb over a thousand feet in less than two miles. Um, most of that climbing is actually done in the first mile. Um, and so that's the, the first mile of those roughly two miles up to the, the first and the, major And the summit. show notes have the whole course uh, Strava link. So if you look at your, your uh, show notes, you can just click on the link and see the whole course here. The, the other thing about once you get to the top of this peak, this is, I think, what we were talking about earlier in terms of the topography and the, the, the local flora. There's no trees. You're in this grassland. And you're actually, this is, I have to look. I'm not sure if Loma Alta, the summit, is private land and there's right-of-way easement granted to the county or if it's an agreement with the landowners around because some depending on the season you'll have a lot of cows at the top of loma alta it's cattle grazing land uh, yeah i think the ridge parts of the ridge are like public open space uh, i i but there's think agreements with the and then there's the, and then there's troughs and like actual cattle uh fields yeah. like just below it and i think that's private but i, I've but had I to think walk it's like around yeah, cows i'm not sure at the summit and yep. I, I, you, you've been up there like and then sometimes yeah the, there will be a lot of cows every once in a while there's some juveniles in that mix because they're with their 
you know, their mothers, hopefully not, no father out there. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if there's like a bull running around out there? <laughs> um, and yeah, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to scare them. I mean, cows are big animals. You, you, you respect them. It's not, I don't think it's like prime grazing season right now. There are some out there, but it's not, it's not uh, saying, hi, cow. I'm not a threat. Walk around. It's not that season. Yeah, the cows, cows are harmless. They're, they've always been harmless. There's never any issue with any of the cows. Well, so, Andy, you got to remember, so, cows kill more people in this country than mountain lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are the people doing to the cows? <laughs> I I don't know. It, I I've never had any pro- problems. No, it's, you, uh, it, but it, it, remember, and it's a little muddy also because of the cows. Out. So yeah. so oh, they, as you, as you, you drop down Loma Alta, some of that's really that that uh, fire road can be pretty muddy because of the cows. So, so the fire road descent from the top of Loma Alta, uh, part of the race is. So we're we're at mile twelve point five, top of Loma Alta. And so we can call that this is the twenty k mark. This is this is forty percent through the race, and so you have a descent that goes to about fourteen and a half miles, just a little longer. Yep. And it is not quite a thousand feet, but almost coming down fire roads. There will be, especially when it's muddy, uh, some some big holes, uh, just because it is active cattle grazing land. Um, and there are a couple actual uh, cattle gates to go through in this. And so either you open the gate and close it back up, or you squeeze through the little person uh, guards in the fence. Um, I believe there's... Faster to squeeze through the person there's guards. There's two of them, I think, on this descent. Uh, one sort of halfway down and one at the bottom. Um, and then that you are at mile 14.6, and that is the second aid station. That is Lucas Valley Road. And I haven't looked on the race website. I don't think it was clear, but I'm assuming. I don't think we'll be crossing the road per se, but what is there is there's an undercrossing for going underneath the road. For cattle, yep. It is a a cattle undercrossing. (laughs) Um, And so, but I'm assuming. Definitely what the course is going to do, because it would be really. That that top of the road is really dangerous because yep. the visibility you can't see because it, you're coming up over the top of a hill and the cars can't see. And the cars so, go so fast on that road, especially. I mean, it's, yep. Lucas Valley Road itself, knowing people with some very fast cars, is a popular route for some people to try out their fancy car with good handling and a big engine. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there's been a motorcyclist or, or two that have died. Just, there have been many just people that have died on that right, road. Right where that where that uh, crossing is, or near the, where that crossing is. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just hairy. And it's also a popular road cycling route, one of the most popular road cycling routes in Marin County. Um, parking down at the bottom of Lucas Valley and going up and over to Nicasio and back. So, so, so John, I have to, I have to interject. Okay, mile fourteen point five. You're at the Big Rock. This is the Big Rock. The uh, Big Rock. That is the Big Rock. Uh, you're right near the Lucas Valley. Lucas thing. Animation. You have to ask yourself 
am I going to run this? Because it's runnable. And if you're it's not doing even like halfway. A, yeah, it, you're, you're you can run the whole thing on a on a if you're a if you're a runner and you run regularly, you can run up to the antennas, no problem. But yeah, so we're talking about the section now from Lucas Valley Road to the towers, the radio yes. towers. Okay. Yes. So this uh, is the so the next stretch, the stretch from fourteen and a half miles to eighteen point. 18.3 uh, yeah, It's like 18, 18 flat, 18.3, 18. yeah. I'm going to round and say like the, the radio tower. 18.2, yeah. Mark -ish. But so this stretch, it's about three and a half miles from Lucas Valley Road to the radio towers. Single track trail, very popular mountain bike route. I grew up doing a lot of mountain biking on this very single track, tra on the single track trail. Um, about eight years ago, uh, County Open Space redid some of this trail, basically unbanking the curves and putting in speed bumps so the mountain bikers wouldn't go so fast. Prior <laughs> to that, you could have taken like a dirt bike on. It was like perfect. The turns were banked perfectly, which also meant if you were going to run down from these towers to Lucas Valley Road, it was perfect. You could just get a groove, everything, all the turns would help you. Um, but it's very runnable because you're going from at Lucas Valley Road yeah, at the 1200 foot climb, 630 that? feet. You get to 1800 feet, 1200 feet over three and a half miles. It's it's a climb, but it's super runnable. And you have some you have a couple steep fire road sections at the top. I believe there are. Two cattle gates that you have to go through on this um, one on the single track at the bottom and then one on the fire road at the top um, and then once you start nearing the top of it it starts to level off about maybe three quarter miles before you get to the radio towers um, very runnable but this is the this is getting you to the peak of the course we'll round and say 30k mark you're 60 percent done with the race course at the top of this yeah, it's 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 a grind. Like you could, if you power hiked it, you're losing a ton of time, and then yeah, only only the last half mile does it really start to flatten out, and that's that's not enough because you're you're running for three and a half miles. So I was like, I was already kind of hurting a little uh, on this run, but I was like, oh, I've ran this many times, no big deal. Part of it is you run it so many times because this is also <laughs> a popular the the top of Lucas Valley Road and the trail to the towers and back down is also a very popular place for local mountain bikers, trail runners, and hikers to do a short route like a seven yeah, mile you, route. Yeah, you you drive up to the Big Rock, you mm -hmm. park, you run up, which is uh, three and a half miles, or maybe three point seven five, three and a half, and run yeah. down three and a half, and so you have a seven mile run. With lots it's of elevation, a, and it's, the downhill it's, run is amazing. Like from the towers yep. back to the road. So this and it's is conversational the whole time. It doesn't. It's not super difficult if it's a seven mile run. The no, problem it's a, it's is a beautiful route. The, the 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 equation or the 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 thing to break down is now you're at fourteen point seven miles, and this is just a three and a half section of a thirty one mile course. What I'm 
so what I'm going to say here is once you get to the top of this of once you get to the top of Big Rock Ridge, we'll round and say it's the 30K mark. That's when the race course starts to get real. And this <laughs> is where like even the even the climb coming out of Fairfax from the first day station up to the peak of Loma Alta, like part of that you're just going to hike. It is that steep. The grade is is so that is so high. When you get to the top of the big rock or when you get to the top of Big Rock Ridge at the radio tower is the antenna there. Technically, it's a microwave tower and radio tower and you got a whole bunch of stuff attached. Um, and they're big ones. You can see them from Vallejo in other parts. Yeah, you're, you're at the 18, other side of the bay. 1850. Is so the at the top, at the top of this radio or at the top of this ridge, if it's a clear day, you see all of Novato. You can see Petaluma. You can see into Sonoma County. You can see Mount St. Helena and uh, Sonoma Mountain from this. You can see Diablo. Um, and I believe if you look carefully um, on a clear day, you can see Mount Hamilton in the South Bay from the top of Big Rock Ridge. And what's interesting is when you're on the when you're in the East Bay and looking towards Marin, yeah, you see Tam. But depending on where you are, you can look and if you see those two radio towers, you can see Big Rock Ridge. So from the top of Big Rock Ridge, you have this wonderful 360 degree view. You can see the ocean on a clear day as well. So you can look oh, towards the west. A little see historical the thing. There, there's some, uh, I, I believe there is some sort of vault along Big, uh, the Queen's, nah, the Antenna Ridge, right? Uh, vault for ammunition, like uh, probably artillery or something. Yes. So there, and, there were a lot of there. Yeah, I mean. So they. So the, what they would do is they carve into the hill. They mm-hmm. they they dig into the hill, probably a hundred yards, and then they put a massive door on the uh, as like an access, and they would store artillery or like ammunition in the hill. So if we were in, you know, war with the Japanese or something, uh, it would be safe from the bombs, or I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's there are so many bits and pieces of World War II and the Cold War sort of left here in Marin County for all of us to, to excavate. Um, it's interesting, like the, the radio towers themselves, I, I, I don't know if this is, it's even public land still. I think there is some kind of agreement with the, the ranch just north of the ridge, the H Ranch up in Novato, that actually has this sort of public access agreement. Because my recollection when I was a kid, like I'm talking about when I was, before I was even 10 years old, um, my grandparents who lived in uh, Nevado, they bought a house at the foot of the Nevado side of the Big Rock Ridge in Loma Verde in 1960, and they lived there until they died in 2022. And they were the first people who brought me to the radio towers. And I'm pretty sure I was in elementary school. So this, this was a long time ago. Um, and my uncle, who you know grew up in Loma Verde, would play all over this ridge and he said when he was young and he would go up there with his friends um it was private and that 
anybody who was patrolling the land would just shoot at them with rock salt um, because they were trespassing. When I was really young, um, say like more mid-elementary school age, I didn't venture all the way up to the towers, but we did play on the Nevado side of the Big Rock Ridge with our BMX bikes and BB guns um, and playing on relics of like tree houses and rope swings that were left there probably from my uncle's generation. So the Nevado side had a lot of woods to run around in and it was it was pretty awesome. It was, it was a wonderful playground uh, when I was a kid. And then at that same time, um, maybe a little bit later, um, when I was in high school, I started uh, mountain biking. This was the this was the 90s, and mountain biking was becoming more of a thing. So my friends and I would drag our bikes up to the towers because uh, riding parts of this route was just kind of out of the question. It was too steep, but it was all about the downhill. And at that same time, um, I think the yeah late 80s, early 90s. Um, Mark Weir was uh, perfecting his downhill mountain bike chops um, on the single tracks that would go from Big Rock Ridge into uh, the Marine Country Club area in Nevada. And he basically defined what professional downhill mountain biking uh, was and is, um, helping, you know, making hmm. a name for himself at places like the Downeyville Downhill. And he still is very active in the mountain bike community with his. Uh, uh, his mountain bike ranch up near Stafford Lake in Nevada. So it's uh, the Big Rock Ridge in many ways uh, continued Marin County's sort of uh, founding legacy with mountain biking, not just uh, put a bike on a trail and put some knobby tires on it, but let's let's go down mountain bike. Let's go, let's go down trails as if they're ski trails. So Big Rock Ridge was a big part of that. Cool stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at, I think the, the concrete that's in that's like uh, embedded into the hill is about 19.5. So, and and there are like um, concrete um, pads along the hill, yes. along the ridge. Um, if you look, you can kind of see where they were, you know, preparing where there might be uh, defense uh, artillery or something. So, okay. One of the highest places around next to the Air Force Base. Yes. Like, can you imagine being stationed along the ridge uh, to defend, thinking like at any moment the Japanese are going to come and start bombing us? Well, I'm also assuming that anybody stationed at the Air Force Base, like Andy, you were in the military. Um, I'm assuming they were doing training exercises in whatever places they had access to. So I'm assuming that uh, over the decades, especially in when Hamilton was very active, there was a, probably a lot of training for various soldiers that was taking place up on that ridge as well for whatever that. Accident. Yeah, but I mean, that, that that's a whole other conversation. But like yeah. the Navy, the Navy and the Air Force and the and the um, the Coast Guard, they, they don't hike very much. OK, <laughs> they uh, and, unless you're a Navy SEAL. You're 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 not getting too dirty, all right. So uh, <laughs> another another conversation. Uh, so you're along this ridge, and it is not it it's not easy. It's not no. it's not flat at all. So it's up so and down, up and down. Let's let's consider mile fourteen and a half, top of Lucas Valley Road. That is the second A station. You have a three and a half mile, very 
runnable uphill single track uh, up to about the 30k mark where the the towers are on Big Rock Ridge. Now, from those towers at the summit, the the second highest ridge line in Marin County at about 1880 something feet, you have a five five and a half mile descent to aid station number three. Up and down, uh, up and down, up and down. And it's 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 you go from eighteen eighty something down to about a hundred and twenty feet above sea level. So you're gonna descend all of it. But the thing <laughs> is, on the descent, you actually it's not a continuous descent. It is up and down. It's and awful. And down it's and awful. it's long. All you're doing this time, like through much of this, is you're staring at pretty much the entire 18 to 23.7. There's no trees. You can see on either side of the ridge. The views are spectacular. Um, uh, If it's sunny, I don't think it's going to be sunny. But if it were sunny, there's no shade. So you're getting to this part of a 50K where you've gotten to, you know, mile 18, 19, 20, 21. And you're, you're starting to realize, oh, I'm tired. If this were a sunny day, which it was when we were out there um, for our training run, it it was getting pretty warm. Yeah, it was and getting hot. Minimal shade. So it's that Good stretch. Good time to run out of water. I- <laughs> that stretch from from the top of the of Big Rock Ridge all the way down to the last the last aid station is a long stretch. And yet I don't think it's the hardest stretch of the race. And it's yeah, I stretch. I filled up my Camelback. Well, maybe I didn't fill it up all the way. I think I did. So that's fourteen point five, one hundred ounces of water, from fourteen point five to basically twenty four. So it's ten miles. I needed all of that water, all of the because I, yeah. I mean, it was because it's just so grueling and the sun's out and it's exposed. I needed all of that water. And yeah, we were just doing a training run and it was like, I needed more water. I probably needed something else too. Just, just not water, but like, yeah, that was, uh, I was out of water probably at 26 so that my water only lasted 12 miles. So that's like a tip for somebody who's listened to this far. You need to drink a lot of water <laughs> and you need to stay yeah, shaded uh, as much so, as you can. You have some steep climbs on this supposed long descent from mile 18, the very tippy top of the course, all the way down to mile 23 uh, and a half, the third aid station. So there's some significant up and down. The steep descent part of this, th- this is the part that will just destroy quads. Um, because it is the there's these continuous fire road, steep long downhills that it if you just go full speed, um, there's a there's a lot of impact absorption. You're going to pay for it. Do, but and then you're not going to pay for it. Down, yeah. you're also going to pay for it trying to slow down. So <laughs> it's it's a rugged trail. And let's just put in context here. Um, so I, I used to live at the foot of this ridge. Um, well, I grew up on the north side of it in Novato. And then I used to live, I lived for five years in Marinwood, uh, 
uh, near the park where the race will start and finish. And this became a regular route for me. And in uh, my years of running, um, I've had the opportunity to run um, a few times uh, the Tahoe Rim Trail 100, uh, Angela's Crest 100, and uh, UTMB. And for much, for many of those hundreds, this ridgeline formed the the core of my training. And in particular, the just the up and down and exposed up and down and the amount of elevation you can gain in relatively short runs, that really paid off for those races, in particular for Angela's Crest and a UTMB. Because the a regular route I used to do would was five miles to the radio towers out and back from my house. And in those five miles, I would gain, uh, in those 10 miles round trip, um, I would get 3,000 feet of gain in descent. 2,500 feet of gain happened in the five miles up to the towers. And yet another 500 feet happened on the return trip. So when you multiply that out, if you're getting 3,000 feet in 10 miles, that's going to give you 30,000 feet in 100 miles, which is approximately what UTMB uh, has to mm. offer. I think it's around 34,000 feet in the 104 miles. So when you look at mile uh, elevation per mile, it averages out to the same. So that's part of what this ridgeline had helped me out with. It was, it was my training for those races that had a lot of uh, vertical gain and descent. So, so we're at, um, we're on mile 24 now. Mile 24. <clears throat> if, you, if you're looking at a map, you're near the Burger King. You're, uh, the Burger King is in Novato. Uh, earlier. Very southern tip of Novato. Yeah, we are, earlier we were in Fairfax. So we've crossed, for someone who lives in Marin, it's a lot to cross between city to city to city because of these these ridges. Yeah. Technically, you go from unincorporated Marin County, which is where Marinwood is. It is Marinwood Community Services District, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then you have, when you cross over to Terralinda, you are in San Rafael City Limit proper. Um, and then at some point along the ridge, you cross into San Anselmo city limits, um, and then you cross into Fairfax city limits. Then you are back up into uh, the unincorporated Marin County. And then at a certain point, you are in Nevada city limits. So you're, you're, you're going to different towns, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, and these, these towns are like, it sounds crazy to say this. They're pretty isolated, like from yeah, one another. Because geographically, it's because like a geographically, mini you can't just like take a bike and like even though it's one mile. So so if it's if it's one mile as the crow flies, you can't yeah, just you hop on your bike. Feet of gain yeah, you have a thousand feet up and thousand feet down. It's like not like you're gonna go two miles over to Fairfax. That's not at all because it's it's yeah it's just the way the well, it was interesting. When I used to live in Marinwood, my wife worked in um, Sleepy Hollow, which is sort of above where the 680 trail is. And we always joked, we live really close to where she worked, but she would have to get on the freeway 
and go many freeway exits south and go all the way around. And it would take a really long time for her to it's get like the way. 30, 40 minutes, yeah, to get around. Yeah. Something that you could technically, like on an e-bike, yeah, you might be able to do it in much shorter time. Um, probably so, not on a regular bike. Yeah. But this actually, so, it's like it's like a mini version of how towns and even countries to some degree are separated by the Alps. Because that, when I did UTMB, that was so dramatic for me. It's like, oh. Italy is separate from France because there's this big old wall of mountain in between. And then Switzerland and is separate from and, Italy because there's a big old wall of mountain. John is talking about countries. Yeah. And we're just talking about neighborhoods and, and little little towns. It's but I guarantee if you put a if you put a road that connected the two, you would have just people marching in the street with pitchforks because oh, they like oh, they like this. It's 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 yeah, the, yeah. it it is it is how people are the the acronym you know NIMBY or whatever but it's true it's like you 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 like the serenity of your neighborhood you don't want just anybody no. uh, driving right through uh, and and having easy access. There's uh, a big difference between a cul-de-sac <laughs> and a through road. Yes, yes. So so we're so we're right about Burger King. So we're, we're back to we're at Highway 101, which is interesting. And, yeah, we're, and we're, on our and on our training run, this is right about where I start to get a little, not loopy, but just a little funny, like in telling jokes and like talking about things and so starting part, to starting to get a little tired. One of the few <laughs> sections of pavement that this race has to offer is you will actually after the third aid station. You will be on a paved bike path for a short while, at which point then you will turn off and go onto a relatively new trail. And so at mile 24, and it's going to pick up, it goes up to about mile 27. So let's round it and say, and it's, uh, we will climb. We're at 24, yep. Ponte starts yeah, we're gonna, at 24. We're going to climb about, let me see what elevation we're actually going to climb here. My, uh, this is this is grueling. Yeah, twenty four well, to twenty six point eight. It's grueling so, at this point in the race because if we go out and run this, and this is you're, you're fresh and you're just starting your run out for this trail for an up and down, it can be it's a spectacular trail, and so you're going to go from about a hundred feet up to about peak out at a thousand. So you're going to climb nine hundred feet in three miles. But this is a new trail. It didn't. It opened in 20, 20, late 2020, I think. And it was, there used to be a very steep fire road that would come off of Big Rock Ridge that would end up here. But it was, the fire road was all torn up and it was turned into a bunch of switchback single track. And this, a lot of this work, I believe, was done with the support um, of the Marin County Bicycle Coalition. So it is Marin County open space. And this new single track trail has become incredibly popular for mountain bikers because it's actually a very gentle um, uphill single track climb. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautifully constructed trail. And it's, it's wonderful to run up and down. But at mile 24 of the race, when you start going up this trail, the first part of which there there's one little steep fire road section of it. Uh, yeah, the very first part. Yep. 
then you get to the top of this, but it's 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 actually a very runnable trail. It's the the quality of it. It's amazing. You can see families out here on the weekend, young and old, walking it. Um, even especially oh, with e-bikes there was a, now, there we was, see old there older was people like, riding on e-bikes. John, there was like five. I want to say six elderly. Okay, older people walking when we did it. Yeah, remember? That's what I'm just gonna say. We were like halfway up. Yeah, Yeah. older people. And and it's a super (laughs) because because it's it's a very welcoming trail. It's it's a trail for everybody, and I think it's 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 awesome that like that this chunk of what was previously like nobody would touch it because it was steep fire road is a easily it's a very accessible trail. Um, There is a there is a, a decaying truck, pickup truck that's on the side of this trail that has been there for many, many, many decades um, that nobody's going to move is still there. Um, probably appeared there maybe the 70s, maybe the 80s. I'm not sure. I don't know the story of this truck. Uh, but whenever I'm running out there with my cross country team, my, the high school team, my coach, whenever we get to the truck, I always say car up. And they're like, what car? And yep, there's a leftover remains of a truck. Uh, but when we get to the top of this, this is where this is called this is train where wreck. the race takes a this dark is, turn. <laughs> this 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 really does. You get to the top, and we're exactly at 26. So we've already done 20, a marathon. 27, we're at 27 miles. 27, 27 miles. miles. Four to go. 27 miles, and it is your. This is this is the most insane single track. Uh, nobody in the neighborhood, nobody nobody runs this, nobody hikes this. Except for, nobody except wants, for us. We've been running it for yeah. years. We, and that's why yeah, when no, I saw this race course, I was like, <laughs> he put a race on that? Yeah, um, this is called train wreck. Uh, somebody well, had a really good, uh, I, I think, a good sense of humor on the segment on Strava. Uh, before apart. it was train wreck, I called it Andy Stone East. Well, um, it still is Andy Stone East. Train wreck is the whole <laughs> segment of the down okay. and back up. Let's let's put this in context here. So the Ponte Trail, if you followed this wonderful, beautiful, walkable, hikeable, mountain bikeable single track, you would end up back on the Big Rock Ridge Fire Road or one of the offshoots called the Chicken Shack Fire Road. This social game trail drops 800 feet and 0.8 miles and it drops straight and there is it's not really a fully formed trail um (laughs) there's part the only i wouldn't say like it's a trail that somebody went out there and did trail work to turn it into a trail it's more enough creatures walked through it enough so that there's no more grass growing um it's it started out most likely as a game trail and i've seen trails on this ridge line go from a game trail into a person trail heck i think i turned one of them that was a game trail into a person trail by doing repeats on it um on another part of the ridge yeah but this descent drops you down into a region in one of the neighborhoods a neighborhood northern marinwood um, a region called blackstone canyon and it is, it is the, it's a carved out canyon from all the water that during rainy seasons cuts through some of the rock. 
And so you drop your mile 27, you're at 1,000 feet. You drop 800 feet to mile 27.8. And then what do you do? You run along a creek um, slightly uphill with a very technical footing, um, especially when wet. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And it sounds beautiful because you hear the frogs and the gushing water. And it is incredibly technical. And when you take pictures of people on it, you're just wondering what tropical island or are they on to get that kind of, you know, lush green foliage and, um, you know, rugged uh, rocks and creeks. And then you start climbing and uh, I'm going to, yeah, you should, you should describe the last ascent of this race course because it's the it best is your part. Oh, well, I'm trying to, I'm, I don't get to name the previous one, but the only reason I think I get to name the last one is because I do it. I've done it for a couple years, every Tuesday, every Tuesday morning. And I love the ascent. Uh, I called it. Yeah. I, I joke about it. And, and the reason I called every segment Andy is because in 2012, the Strava world didn't have any sort of segment like ownership or segment community. It was just like, you just had segments. You just had things you named. And I couldn't differentiate the ones someone else named and ones that I created because you didn't have your segments or someone else's segments. So just segments. Just segments. So I just created it with my name on it. So I was like, oh, yeah, that was mine. And this was like, there was only like a couple thousand people in 2012 on Strava. Now there's like many, many millions. So I called this the Andy Stone Ascent. And then sometime around COVID, I started like um, tracking how many times I've done it. Because I did it every Tuesday. And I was like on my 200th, or almost on my 200th Andy Stone. I've probably done it 200 times. I just never really tracked it. I didn't start tracking it until like 2020. Um, so I don't think I've done it that many times, but I, I would regularly go up and down this trail um, when I lived uh, very close by. And it would be one of my go-tos if I wanted a run that was less than five miles, but would still give me some, some meat, like a good climb, some good rugged trail. So it's, it's so it's, it's so great. It has it has the switchbacks on the climb side. It has the switchbacks. It has some. It's hard. It's really hard. But it's not so hard you can't run it. Which it's narrow. Which is a lot of yep. It's narrow and in the summer it is entirely lined with poison oak. Yes. So so you hit a <laughs> twenty five thirty percent grade. That's just awful and. You can't really run it. You can, but I mean, it's and that's, not. That's most of it. <laughs> yeah, this is, but it has some switchbacks, so you can run it. You can sort of piece it apart and know where you can go hard and know where you can kind of back off because it's just so steep. But I, I love it. I love the whole thing. And then on our run last week, I was like, I completely bonked. I couldn't. I I was thinking to myself. Oh yeah, I'm going to do this hard. And I I could barely walk up it because it well, was so steep. How many you've done 
you're on your way to you know a thousand Andy Stones, a thousand times going I, up. I'd the love to do this. I'd love to yeah, do this you, a thousand that, times. That's that that's that's going to happen relatively soon, um, in the you know grand scheme of your your training, and yet after everything we had done that day, um, I feel like once we got to such a killer. Once we got to the start of that climb, <laughs> everything else in the course had already broken you. <laughs> because of everything that the course had up to that point. Something you literally have done probably in almost your sleep. Because you yeah, wake up I, and do it multiple times a week. I could do this course. I know I know every branch. I know I know when a tree falls. I know when a bush mm-hmm. has moved. Like I love I love that I I I see how a rock has moved. I love how like everything is just constantly in motion, and like I I can really see the seasons because it's like well, I'm looking I'm looking at everything change. Let's talk about this. Uh, you know the the beginning of the climb proper because it goes along this creek. Um, oh yeah, I love going out to this place and going on my I love going on waterfall hikes with my family, and this is like a a great place to go because at the end of the lower part of the single track of this Blackstone Canyon trail, you get to this big rock dam, which is a, it's a well-constructed dam that just then becomes this waterfall. And this is where the main start of the, the climb, the kilometer climb starts. But this, this dam that was there, that is there, where did that come from? So I think there was some, I think there was some sort of commune or some sort of hippie thing happening maybe in the 70s. I, I, I can only guess because if, if you're running along this, this little creek to oh, the base. Lower down, there's some benches yeah. and some park stuff. I've run by multiple times weddings happening on the lower part of the Blackstone Canyon Trail. Oh, weddings. Okay. Weddings, well, yeah. There's, there's pipe. So this is what's interesting to me. Like you have all of this pipe and maybe this, this precedes like the 1950s, but like um, it's possible there was. uh, So, 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 so the water, they're aggregating the water and then they're using the pipes to bring it to the the community, like to the home. Actually, that's actually a really good point to bring up is a lot of the trails, um, when you run on them, you actually see elements of the water infrastructure of Marin County. And so the water infrastructure of Marin County is that actually defines a lot of everything out here. And there have been times, depending on if it's been drought years, like when there are literal water wars going on. Um, when my wife was teaching at the Nicasio school, um, this was almost uh, 10 years ago, I forget what year this was, but it was a summer. Somebody was stealing water from their rain-filled tanks and over the mm. course of two weeks stole it. And so you have these chunks of you know land where you can see there's piping, there's dams, et cetera. And so who has the water rights to various things is actually really complicated and tied up in a lot of the legal history of the county. And so a lot of these... I, it always crosses my mind when I'm seeing like a pipe in the ground or some kind of, you know, water infrastructure like a dam. I'm like, okay, 
what kind of legal battles were fought over this in the past and what may still be going on right now. Yeah, there, because there's there's, natural, there's, a, there's two springs that we go by in this course. Yeah, there's so. there's natural springs. I, I can think of uh, three springs that I know of, maybe four, that I've just seen naturally. And it can be a dry summer in July and there's still water coming out of the hill because these, these hills hold water and then they just slowly leak that water out, and it's um, well. That's that's part yeah. of the, that mile two and a half where it's always soggy. That is connected to some kind of underground spring or aquifer in that region. Mm-hmm. And Marin mm-hmm. County does have these aquifers, and I, I haven't looked too much into that, but it feels like when you want to find maps of these things and understand, like, well, what's the underground water infrastructure we're in? That actually <laughs> is like that's a right to know kind of information. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to find you that. Could, well, well. There, there, there are ways you can piece it together. There's some public information. You make friends with people in various water agencies, etc. But it's, it's really interesting, and we can see just running the trails. And as you said, like running a trail multiple times and seeing every branch or rock out of place, you start to notice the other bits and pieces that are actually you, you know they're not natural, but they're the tip of the iceberg of some huge piece of history or policy or legal battle or some family drama or you name it the 680 trail was part of that as well too um so it's 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 just interesting uh just the the more recent history of the land yet it still can get murky so So, i'm looking at the i'm looking at the results right here and dylan has the the fastest time in nine minutes two seconds january 2nd this year, and this is a, um, what is it, 0.67, uh, 718 feet. Here it says 718 feet, but on another display it said uh, 677 feet, and it's a 19% grade average. Um, it's, it's so hard. But then once you're to the top, um, once you sort of gather yourself you're you're good it's all downhill i mean you might have a little bump it's like 50 feet but it's all downhill on queenstone all the way to marinwood wow yeah it's got interesting pa- seeing patty o'leary on there on there but it's interesting seeing some new people on this and then knowing who are the locals or the um the other thing talking about segments I guess and I was expecting to see a segment for the entire race course when we finished it pop up, but I didn't see one. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and made one and just called it Big Alta. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens, you know, uh, how that populates. Because I think I looked at it and I don't even have actually. So let, let's finish talking about the, the, the end of this race course. Um, because the last, so we, we get to the top of this ascent, which is this gnarly um, single track, a lot of poison oak, some down trees right now. A few years back, I know there was a big, huge mudslide. I remember coming out one day, having a great run, and then it poured rain that night. And the next day I went out again. I was like, wow, there's a big crater here. That must have been loud. And so this is, yeah, it's, it's just that from mile from mile 27 to mile 29, 
the course just takes, I'm just going to say, it takes a really dark turn. And it's just like the most technical, steep, like rugged thing you can toss in. Just mile 27 to 29. Why not? Mm -hmm. What the hell? Yeah, why not? There's a stream crossing at the bottom. There's a stream crossing uh, just before mile 28, which is... There's no way around it. You're going to have to go through that stream. Your feet are getting wet. It's really good. It's it's a clear water I, rushing through right now. At, at the waterfall, which is, I, I call that old man trickle, um, I I love just going in the water. Yeah. Because if you're it's, hot, it's so it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, so then we get to the top of that climb, and we are back on a fire road. The Queenstone Fire Road. And Queenstone is this fire road that comes up out of Marinwood and makes its way up to the Big Rock Ridge fire road. Um, and the whole length of the Queenstone fire road, I believe, was like 2.7 miles. But we're going to we pop out onto it about, I want to say, half a mile from the top. And then you have a big descent. You're at just shy of 1,200 feet. And you have to descend all the way back down to Marinwood Park, which is at about 100 feet. So you have about, if I see this properly, let me zoom in here. The descent down the Queenstone Fire Road is going to be... Two, two miles. You have, yeah, you have about two miles of just big fire road descent. Almost all descent. There is one little uphill section still, but not big. And then you pop out back into the neighborhood, and then you. I, have I would about say the race is third of a mile, unless you're competing against somebody else. I would say the race is done at 29. It's like the hard is done at That's 29. The, well, depending on how you feel, like if your downhill legs are shot and you have to run a thousand feet downhill in two miles, that is gonna suck. Like yeah, I, I've been there. I walked. Before. So so last week I walked. From 29 so me, to me, like 30, and then and then I was okay after like walking. Did you go and back I, to and I ran the last park? bit? Yeah, I ran to home? the very finish. I ran to the very finish. So I'm surprised why it didn't pop up on the segment I created. I'm surprised why your result didn't pop up on the segment. Yeah, so so you can see on the screen here. I think I was, I mean, I was probably 10 or 12 minutes behind you. Uh, yeah, see, I'm I'm here in Marinwood Park, but like, it's um. Hoping, I finished at the tree by the tennis courts. That was my finish. I did a weird thing at the very tippy top of Loma Alta at mile twelve, a little out and back, just to go take a picture. And I'm hoping uh, that is not. But you came over with me to take that picture, so that doesn't well, make any sense. Yeah, I I mean, it could be anything. So so this total distance i have was 20 or 31.3 i think you had 31.7 three yeah three well I, my segment is 31.6 so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't see me as doing the same course hmm. that is interesting well we'll see what happens it's too accurate yeah maybe i don't know but anyways that is that that is that is the course that's it the is course. A course that is, uh, got personal <laughs> connection for me because it's not just on many parts of it. My like 
you know, training for ultras I, on here. Yeah, I, I, I have like, I have like a spiritual connection to like the last part of it because well, I just love it. I just love it so much. I've fallen, I've fallen in love with a particular loop, and maybe it's yeah. just the type of person I am. But there's a particular loop that I've done, and I've done a lot of loops since I was like a kid, but like nothing really stood out like this. And I think it was, I think it's the pain and kind of the, the beauty of the whole thing that I just really like. And so that's, uh, I just, I just love it. Um, for me uh, in many ways, like I, I spend so much time out in trails and running. Um, this Ridge was my introduction to trails when I was a kid. So to to have a big race on it, on the kind of distance and style of race that I really like to do now is it's, I can't say it's like a coming home because I didn't go anywhere. I still live here in Marin and I still go out to these trails, but it's, it's the opportunity to do something um, on these trails and see a lot of people. I'm really curious to see on race day what other people think of these trails they're gonna uh, I, I, I think they're gonna think it's absolutely brutal and it's but or or they'll just love it but i i, I think it, it's a pretty tough course um toughest uh 50k i've ever ran so i haven't ran that many but only, only have a I, handful this wasn't like a a big it wasn't like a debate or something like that i just remember a series of back and forth, I think it was on Facebook posts, with some people from from some older people from Tamalpa Runners and another local runner, Alex Varner. I had done a run or a bike ride to the towers and back down. And I was actually at the radio towers on the top of Big Rock Ridge. And I can't remember if I was on a mountain bike or if I had run there. Um, and I took a picture, um, actually took a selfie, something I rarely do. Um, if anybody yeah, has seen anything I post on social media, I'm almost never in it. It's just some kind of scenery. And it was me at the towers and I, I posed the question, I th is a run uh, to the Big Rock Towers and back down from the freeway more difficult than a TAM summit from downtown Mill Valley. Mm. Because the run to the towers, you get 3,000 feet of up and down over 10 miles. But if you do a TAM summit from downtown Mill Valley, you get less than six and a half miles with only 2,500 feet of climbing. Now, <laughs> I and, and and you get some shade maybe and I, I was like it's it's an entirely different process having run both many times um, and I remember I think Alex Varner was commenting on it and another guy um, who I don't believe lives here anymore George Frazier who was a, he was a fast runner in his day and active in Tamalpa 
and he had commented something. He said, Big Rock all the way. And I think it was from the day when there was, you know, a, a St. Patrick's Day race that would go to the towers and back in March when it looked like Ireland out there. So, yeah, it's it'll be very fun to see how the race proceeds. Okay, but definitely quick, quick question before we wrap up, John. Yeah. What do you think the winning time will be? Uh, I'm in my head wondering, like, is somebody going to break four hours? No, I think the winning time is going to be around 420. I, I, I think I, it's I, I don't see a sub four. This is not a super fast here's course. Where I'm maybe maybe 410. So here's one race that I feel is a good comparison for the total amount of climbing. And that is the the Headlands 50K. Okay. The Headlands 50K has I think it has comparable amount of climbing. You have you have a lot of climbs in it. And if I can look at it, they say 6500 feet of elevation gain for the Headlands 50K. I've done it many times and I don't know I don't remember what my watch shows. I want to say it's like 7,000 feet. And when you're coming up like the marathon mark, you're literally climbing a ladder on the steep ravine trail in the Headlands 50K. <laughs> so it is it it is comparable. It might That's a be, Isn't that a 330-something? So, uh, yeah, the, the record yeah. for the Headlands 50K is 2015. Andy Wacker, 337. Alex Varner oh in 2015 gosh. ran a 3:41, and Dylan Bowman Oof. ran a 3:48 in 2016. The top 10 times for men are all under four hours. You have a 3:50. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe to give him, you know, uh, much appreciation for helping and the whatever he had to do to get this to happen because i got a, a message yesterday from another local runner gary gellin asking how did dylan get the lat that that section andy stone the social trails and maroonwood community services district permitted for a race because gary gellin <laughs> literally messaged me i was on a run on the 680 trail <laughs> um when he was messaging me saying those aren't actual trails. How do you get a permit for those? I'm like, eh, Dylan's a They're not trails. Now. They're not trails. They're, yeah, in ten, 10 years ago, those weren't trails. Those were like they, deer they were trails. Not, they were not <laughs> trails when I moved there. They were they were not full trails. Um, so I'm going to say... They're still not really trails. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be hot. It's not going to be hot. It's not going to be dusty. It's going to be muddy. And if somebody has good tread on their shoe... The dust, the, the mud's better than the dust. Mm. So I think if somebody comes in and has, you know, everything is going right for that person, it's not going to be hot. Nobody's going to overheat if it's raining. And I don't think it, I'm looking, I've been looking at the weather report. It looks like it's going to rain all week, but okay. it'll be sprinkling on Saturday. So you're thinking sub four then. Conditions can be amazing. So I'm going to say, based on Dylan's 348 at a Headlands in 2016, Somebody could run a 348 for this 348. Course. All right. I, I, I think 410. We'll, we'll see what happens. 410, uh, 
that I, I can't imagine breaking 430 on this course. <laughs> <laughs> you or me. No. Yeah, not us. Not us. Um, but it's it's trails that are near and dear to me and have been a formative part, I guess, of who I am. So I'm, I'm excited to have an official event out there. Good stuff. All right. If anyone's listened this long, thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Check out uh, daybreakracing.com. Uh, the big all trail running. Free trail running. Another, I guess shout out. Shout out. Paying us for advertising. Oh, and, and the and the unpaid sponsor, um, alpaca, um, alpaca running socks from Montana. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to my uh, potentially getting a pair of socks someday. So, uh, alpaca, and actually, alpacas are cool. So, um, I think that's kind <laughs> of a, a neat. Uh, and and hi, Carolyn, if you listen this long, uh, should be should be exciting to see what happens next Saturday, February 24th. See you guys. Good All night. Right. Night.